Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. So, through the magic of radio, we go right from our conversation about Arches National Park just outside of Moab, Utah to uh, a day where we had the opportunity not only to go see some of the great overlooks of Bryce Canyon celebrating their 100th anniversary, but also uh, take a hike down onto the uh, Navajo Loop, which will take you down. If you go down one side, of course, you go down Wall Street and then around and, and back up the Navajo Loop on the other side, right past Thor's Hammer. That's the direction we went today, and... Uh, Back with me again for another segment here is my friend from uh, the U.K., Paul Nichols. And, Paul, a little exhausted, I think. Here we are at the end of our day, but uh, the end of a couple of wild days around Utah. Most certainly. Hello there, listeners. Yes, it has been wild, to say the least. And uh, as the altitude climbed when we got to Bryce, I don't know whether it was the altitude that was making me more giddy or just the spectacular views that was at hand. <laughs> I keep forgetting that, that you're not used to being at uh, altitude. And when you get up to some of these, like uh, Sunset Point at Bryce, you're at 8,000 feet. Yeah, I didn't want you for a second thinking that I was unfit. But uh, no, I, I'm using that the uh, the views was just taking my breath away. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you ever seen anything like that in your life? No, I mean, the closest that we would have to it in England, we have a quaint little area in um, a county called Somerset. And within there, we have the Cheddar Gorge Caves, which have stalactites and stalagmites, and uh, some leading brands of supermarkets still uh, store the rounds of cheeses in there. Um, so that would kind of realistically be the closest that we would ha- be able to make a direct comparison against uh, something like Bryce Canyon. But um, as I said, I mean, if we look at it in acreage or hectares coverage, you know, you could walk the whole of um, from one end to the other of um, Cheddar Gorge Caves in like, you know, a couple of hours is here. Yeah. You know, you'd be lost in the desert for weeks and end. When we started <laughs> making uh, plans for this, you were making a plan to come to the United States and hit San Francisco and then stop to see us in Utah and go through our national parks, then head on to Los Angeles, which you're going to be doing tomorrow. Uh, You were anxious to see Arches and weren't so sure about Bryce. Is that because Arches was just more on your radar? Does it get more attention in your part of the world? Or Yeah, well... 
you've only got to look at your license plates or number plates as we would call it you know you've got the uh the delicate arch on there and um you know it's very well documented and uh, i'd seen and read about um arches so it's kind of the must yes i've got to do this However, in hindsight and now experience it firsthand, if you said to me, what would I uh, recommend if I was to go home? I'm going to have to say that uh, Bryce, it edged it. And the reason it edged it before that question comes, because I know it's coming, <laughs> it's Arches is phenomenal. And for a first time experience, you can't withdraw anything from it. It's beautiful. However, it is man made up of arches and like a sandstone. And once you've seen one arch, you've seen another arch. Take away, you know, delicate arch, which is, you know, something spectacular. But it is arches and so on. However, Bryce, it has everything all in one. It has holes, it has arches, it has bridges, it has trees, it has different colour rock formations. It has the whole kit and bundle. There's just nothing left behind and it's just spectacular it is a magnificent monument that if anybody ever gets the chance just go and see it yeah we uh, see lots of different uh, license plates from all kinds of states around the u.s and it's always sad to me that so many people that live right here in utah don't take the opportunity to make the drive that we just did of four, four and a half hours to go see it. And yet someone from California, someone from Manitoba, Canada, someone from uh, Arizona certainly will make that drive and come see it. Uh, and yet there are a lot of people in Utah that haven't made that visit, which is just crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, when you, you only had to look in the parking lot. The uh, the license plates was, uh, you know, it was like a state by state, you know, how many of the 52 can we fit into the parking lot? It was, you know, play by numbers. They were all there. Yeah, um, yeah you know, and we've been royally treated, you know. Um, we had a hand-on-hand first-class guide and a taxi service, so the four and a half <laughs> hours was nothing to us, yeah. you know, and I enjoyed every single second of it and just... I found myself quite stargazing out of the window throughout the whole of the journey, you know, for the, from the first instance when we left Utah and we're surrounded by the mountains. And then as we head out and, you know, it just becomes more wilderness and wilderness, you start thinking about films and obviously, you know, I know it's very big at the moment, um, Yellowstone. And straight away you imagine how it must have been and you, you, because we just don't get this at home. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was nothing short of spectacular. And that was part of what you liked about Bryce as opposed to uh, the deserty areas around uh, Moab and around Arches was that you're into the pines and you we saw some deer that were wandering around just off the road. And you do happen to be steeped right now in the series of Yellowstone. I do, I do, and I'm loving every second of it. And, yeah, it, it wasn't just about the, the views the smell as well, just the raw pines that was coming through. So you had everything. All of your senses was on overload, you know, so visually um, what you could smell. Every single thing about it was on overload. And obviously that was all top, top, topped up with the giddy heights of the altitude just to add that extra bang to it. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is in our drive, uh, the conversation would constantly go back to movies. And you said uh, with your wife, Melody, that – what you're actually doing is looking to live some things or at least see some things that you've seen in movies. And I think Americans do the same thing when they come your way. Yeah, they, I mean, they must do. I mean, the, the thing is for us, obviously, 
the world, you know, it's not just England. I think the world is dominated by um, American films and TV because obviously this is where it all originates from. And we always draw a comparison um, and it's like, oh, we see this scene in a film or we see this happen and it's kind of like, oh, must go there, must go there. I mean, part of us going to LA, again, is to take in other scenarios of where we would have seen it in a film and a backdrop and it'd be like, yep, been there, been there, seen this, yep. done this. And you, you imagine imagination has run wild this whole weekend. Um, but not just about films, but actually wondering what it must have been like going back in history and being a cowboy out there on the plains, you know, these vast open spaces. Um, you know, we're lucky. We can pull into a gas station and grab some cold water and ice and, uh, you know, a uh, Mantador burger, I think it was. It was a Mantador, was it, I had? You know, we can grab all of these great things whilst we're in an air-conditioned car. But you you sit there and you think, how must that have been when they were discovering such vastness of lands? And how did they map it? How can you comprehend this vast open space? How did they geographically map it? It's nothing short of a wonder. We uh, made a little side trip to go see the uh, Dead Horse Point State Park uh, here in Utah, and we were talking and reading while we were there. They have some information on the overlooks about John Wesley Powell, who made his way through the first time. Uh, Missing one arm, by the way, and so that will... Uh, pique your reading interest when you get home to see and how the Colorado River had carved that way all through the millenniums, uh, you know, uh, of those canyons and created those canyons. Uh, it really is something to ponder. It certainly is. And uh, I think we got our pretty much our favorite photo there, which uh, adjourned my social media this morning. Um, just, yeah. And as a, we've got hundreds and hundreds that we've taken and, um, of course, we can't frame them all, but there's certainly some great memories that we will be framing there. Yeah, and we had to make a stop in a couple of places. One, to see a railroad crossing, which we take for granted every day, but you don't. It's very symbolic. You know, your crossroads with the cross, the white cross, um, you know, and as it says on their crossroads, um, yeah, again, it's something that we see on a film set. It's something that I can draw a memory to or I can cite that in a movie and I've now done it I've now seen it and been there and when we talk to Lance which by the way uh, I'm going to continue and finish out our conversation momentarily with Lance Irad and Tim Gates and the others uh, up at Ebenezer's from the experience we had just last night but when you hear about his stories of his family which by the way has some roots in Buckingham I understand it does and we when we get home we're going to look up his um, family tree because we can access that through the local church. Yeah. So, yeah, we will be looking. We're going to look forward to uh, getting more information, maybe sending some back his way with some ancestry. Uh, but when you hear of uh, his uh, family, how Ruby, and hence the name Ruby's in, homesteaded that area not knowing what was on the other side of that hill, and now they know 100 years later. Spectacular Bryce Canyon. Thank you for uh, awaking our senses, both Becky and I. Uh, after seeing it for the first time, I think we take many of these things for granted, but we will never do it again because of you and Melody. We've had a great couple of days. Well, equally, thank you, because we have had experiences of a lifetime that we've only ever dreamt of, and you've made them real. We'll take another break when we come back, finishing out this week's program. Stay with Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. 
Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Time for us to do a little road tripping, and I think we're going to retrace our steps from our road trip last week. Stay right there. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road Of course, again. our guides, as always, for this segment of KSL Outdoors Radio is uh, Bob Grove, Mark Wade. Bob's a little uh, upset at me, though, I think. He went through all the effort of telling me which way to go. <laughs> and then I went, how to, I went the total how opposite. To yeah. And, and all the stops I could see along the way. But in our defense, yeah, people just listen to the conversations of uh, that we had with uh, Paul Nichols along the way and with uh, the gang down at, at Bryce. In their defense, they were so fascinated, Bob. And by the way, Mark Wade is also here. Mark, hello. Hello. Uh, they were so fascinated, my friends from London, with everything they were seeing. And I mean right down to railroad crossings that we had to stop and take pictures of, roads that stretched straight into the horizon and seemed to go forever, and then all of the uh, all of the farmland that was you know that we passed on that highway seventy two ride. But Bob, you suggested we went the other way. By the time we got out of uh, Dead Horse Point, which was a side trip for us, we just didn't have the time to make that drive. Yeah, so you know, when I heard that, I decided this week, well, let's make uh, lemonade. <laughs> Out of my lemons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there were plenty of things to see along the way of this drive we made, though. It is. It's actually quite a scenic drive. It doesn't have the attractions that you would have seen on Twenty Four and Highways Twelve, but certainly there's plenty to see. That stretch on I seventy is really, really quite scenic. But I thought. It, Maybe this week, Mark and I could throw in a couple of suggestions for some side trips along the way. All right, starting with uh, Sago Canyon. Yeah, so when you get up on Highway 191 from Moab to I-70, what you do is you hang a right and go west to Thompson Springs, which is about five miles from Crescent Junction there where the uh, turn is. And then four miles north of there through Thompson Springs is a canyon called Seagull Canyon, which... um, has the unique barrier canyon style pictographs that are found only in the San Rafael Swell and Canyonlands region. So it's really worth going. I take my groups there and it's uh, always a highlight. Uh, so I, I recommend that. And then, you know, then once we are done there, you hit I-70 and start heading west. A good stop along the way is Green River, of course. And there they had the John Wesley Powell River Museum. It's right next to the river across from the Tamarisk re- restaurant. And if you're into history, absolutely a must stop to go in. It's really interesting in that museum. Yeah, I piqued Paul's interest when we were at uh, uh, the Dead Horse Point because there's a, a plaque there talking about John Wesley Powell and his trek through there so many years ago. And uh, so he's going to be doing a lot of reading when it gets home, I think. 
And that, just to see the San Rafael swell along I-70 is worth that trip. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is such a beautiful route. And there's so many places where uh, you can turn off and get viewpoints. One that I recommend is Ghost Rock. So watch for that. But that gives a really awesome view, panoramic view, looking into the swell north of the freeway. I'm not as familiar, Mark, with uh, the Tidwell slopes, but I guess we must have passed right through it through Loa. Well, if you if you uh, jump off of 70 going south on Highway 72, this would lead you straight down to Fremont and to Loa. All along the highway on both sides of the, the road there, especially over on the west, is what they call the Tidwell Slopes. And they're just rolling beautiful hills. This is the headwaters of the uh, Fremont River, and there's some beautiful lakes along the way. So if you're into fishing, stream fishing, or lake fishing, you can do that along the, the Tidwell Slopes as you come down towards Loa. Speaking of that, uh, of fishing, we were pretty close to Fish Lake, were we not? We didn't make that turn, but. You were, you were. If you, if you go out 24 from Loa towards Kusherum, you're just below Fish Lake. And you can jump just a few minutes off the road towards Fish Lake. And up there at Fish Lake, Bob and I love to recommend that people go see Pando. They call it the largest organism in the world. It's this big forest of aspen trees that they say all grow from one one tree, right? Yeah. Same root system. So it's this huge pando, they call it, and that's worth seeing. Yeah, if you've ever planted more than one in your front yard, you know what that looks like up close and personal. Uh, they were also, Paul and Melody, just fascinated with uh, small towns like Kosherum and Antimony and all of the tractors and old cars sometimes that were just out in the fields. Yeah, Bob and I stopped in Anamone just the other day and had one of the best burgers we've had in a long time just there at the uh, Merck in, in Anamone. And so they're along the way there, you also pass down that route as you go past Otter Creek Reservoir and just south to Anamone and then south from there. There's a couple of ghost towns that are there, Old Whitsow and Osiris. Uh, Whitsow was actually going to be the county seat of Garfield County at one time. It was over 1,100 people living there. But the last 100 years, not much has happened in the ghost town of Whitsow. So mm. that's just just above Bryce Canyon National Park. Yeah, the bummer about taking that trek is you miss Highway 12. The good news is uh, that you drop straight on, Bob, to Bryce Canyon uh, National Park, which is uh, the way we decided to go in. And I'll tell you, you've seen a lot of those shows, probably both of you there at Ebenezer's, but if you ever get the chance to go down when they're having their Nashville Stars night, what a treat that was. Three singer-songwriters who have written some of the biggest songs in country music and are still entertaining today sit there, and it's just like you're listening in on, you know, a friend's jam session. It was really a kick. Yeah, you know, I've never tired of going to the shows at Ebenezer. Tim Gates and his group there have really done a phenomenal job of of bringing new entertainment to the area. And boy, I tell you, it's like a step into Nashville when you go into Ebenezer's. The only thing I would warn people of, and I actually pulled over for a minute just to double check my GPS to make sure I was doing the right thing. When you take that exit onto 72, you immediately have to take that frontage road and it might make you think you've made a wrong turn, but it quickly writes itself. So I, I would just warn people of that. It can be a little tricky when you first make that exit. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you have to trust your GPS, and sometimes you don't. This right. may be one of those cases when you do. Yeah, but well worth the drive, and if you've got somebody that just loves to take a look at some of the expanse of uh, the back roads of Utah, or if that's something you're looking to just get away, 
There's quite a change in the topography from that drive from Moab down on uh, 72 and straight in to uh, Bryce Canyon National Park. Guys, thank you. And uh, next time, Bob, I'll leave enough time to take the route you planned for us. Not holding my breath. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and what would even be better is if I could take it with you and then I don't have to rely on the GPS. I'll just trust you. Uh, Bob Grove, Mark Wade, as always, thank you. And if you want more, just go to roadtrippingwithbobandmark.com. We need to take a break. More of KSL Outdoors Radio coming up. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.